I just brought my dad home from staying with me for two weeks. <laughs> Elder care on top of kid care on top of apocalypse. That was a clip from our most recent Gen X Stories virtual happy hour. Our friend Dottie joined us from Tennessee and shared what it's like to care for an elderly father and child during the coronavirus crisis, which to say the least is not an easy thing to be dealing with. Stay tuned at the end of the show for more clips from the happy hour. And this is Sasha and Eve. We are trying to do this on an off cycle. So we're trying to do this a little bit more frequently and maybe a little shorter. We want to deliver stuff that's timely to you guys because we're all in this together. The cool part is that we are still recording home because we've been recording from home all this time. So uh, I like to think that we're ahead of the curve, right, Sash? We are good at self-isolation <laughs> to, some, to some degree, right? So we're, we're prepared. Sort we're of. prepared. So on that note, on with the show. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about pretty much anything that we had on the schedule for 2020 has now been destroyed. <laughs> yeah, and we're also, we did another happy hour and it we'll use good. their clips here too. I think we're still, I mean, I'm still seeing the articles. People are still sharing the articles how Gen X is, is leading the way. Do you still feel that way? I mean, I know things have shifted in your mind for how you're handling coronavirus. Well, I don't think any, it's really hard to single out, you know, a generation right now. I do think that amongst our group of peers, we tend to be a little more careful and cautious. We are following the rules. We're social distancing. We're not socializing. We're doing all those things. That's amongst our peers. I just think that there's so many different factors involved, you know, especially if you have aging parents or you have kids or you, you know, have kids home from college or what have you. I think there's just a lot of different factors involved. Um, I did share with you another meme. There's so many memes going around, but I shared this meme year 2020, none of this shit was on my vision board. You know, we talked about schedules last time. I know you kept, you're trying to keep a very strict schedule. How was that doing sort of writ large then for you? 2020 was supposed to be my year of travel. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. So that's not happening. Oh shit. Not by a long shot. So I was showing, showing you my former vision board, um, <laughs> which starts February. I was supposed to go, well, we went to Mexico, so that actually happened. Um, then in March, we were supposed to go to Philly and, and maybe San Francisco. In May, wasn't sure. June, I had a big conference up at the Javits Center that got rescheduled. July, we were going to try to go to the Hudson Valley or the Berkshires. And then we were going to go try to go on a cruise to Alaska <laughs> in August. Also not happening. Also not. I was going to say, the other ones I could handle, but I don't want to get you see you getting on a damn boat at this point. No, cruise is not happening. But it's not, you know, it's not up to you. I mean, we're seeing all these terrible stories on the cruises. But apparently there is still a cruise ship. I believe Jason was telling me that there's a cruise ship that has not been allowed to return home. He was saying that they were trying to go through the Panama Canal and they weren't being allowed and, and there are people dying on the boat, like dead people on the boat. It's oh, beyond horrific. It's just happened so fast. I mean, I think so we're basically heading into week four. I guess I would count it as week four at this point. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Do you? But in the middle of the week, I saw someone post, by the way, it's Thursday. You're welcome. The other thing I think is exciting. We are growing our Facebook group, which is cool. Yeah. You ask people for a tagline for Gen X. So it's kind of funny. I don't think most of the people know what a tagline is. They were they were sort of giving phrases like reality bites or, um, you know, nobody puts Gen X in a corner. <laughs> but then other people were like angry, putting, and like angry. one word down. Like, right. Like, fuck off. That's not a tagline. <laughs> I don't know. We can read a 
explain what a tagline is for us. But yes, so for anyone who's listening um, who has not joined the Gen X Stories Facebook group, I strongly encourage you to to come on out and join us. Just a reminder, when you join, we do ask you a couple questions and they're really simple. They're really easy. Sort of what makes you a Gen Xer? Anyone who comes from here, I think we may have actually gotten some people who signed up from here, which is awesome. But we do want to make sure that you at least answer those questions real quick and approve our, our rules and then we will bring you in and we can have tons of fun. I did find a couple of the of the taglines, oh well, whatever, never mind. Um, oh, from that from, from your post. post. Yeah, feel mm. free. You want to just read a bunch of them? Shit's getting done one person at a time. We're getting shit done since 1980, which isn't bad when we're thinking about pretty it. pretty good. Uh, procrastinating, yeah, I'll get to it. Uh, fuck off. That was a good one. We like that one. Someone else said I was about to type the same thing, and I think the clear winner is whatever. So, so maybe we should have our listeners, if anyone has an awesome Gen X Stories tagline that they would like to send in, maybe we do a contest. and That um, would be awesome. And and we'll pick a winner in uh, a future episode, either the next episode or um, the one after that. Um, the winner will get something pretty cool. Um, and you send them to hello at genicstories.com. Yeah. Hey, guys, oh. Google, what is a tagline? <laughs> You're very, you don't want any freeform shit. You want people to sort of follow I'm locking that shit down. I know, I know. I was like having a hard time earlier this week because I was like, too many memes, too many memes in the group. I know. So let's, we talk about rules. At what point do we adjust those rules? I mean, have we, I've done it as a generation. I think over just age, I used to be very, you know, you have to do it this way, this way, and this way. You were still a rules girl? Kind of. It's sort of baked into my DNA, I will say. I, I've tried to push myself out of being a rule follower so much. It's really hard, though. Once a rule follower, always a rule follower. But your Big dad's time. a rule breaker, isn't he? Your dad just does whatever he wants. Yeah, my dad just pretty much does whatever he wants. So we had well, a conversation earlier today. I'm like, Dad, what do you need? What do you need from Instacart? What do you need? Do you need any groceries? He's like, no, 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 I'm fine. And then as the conversation progresses, I start getting like more and more information out of him. I'm like, are you sure, Dad? He's like, well, I could use some smoked salmon. I was like, okay, what are you going to put the smoked salmon on? Well, maybe I could use some bagels. And uh, while you're at it, some bananas and some tangerines and what else did he want? Yeah, he had a, I finally got about six items out of him. Is it that he just didn't think, he's just not thinking that way these days. He's not thinking about stocking up. No, he doesn't think ahead or plan ahead because he goes in under normal circumstances. He's eating out at restaurants three or four times a week. So basically he's eating, so he lives in an apartment building and people are bringing him food. So he's very lucky that he has a lot of a lot of friends in the building. They're bringing him food. So my my parents who are still in Florida and who are still coming home next week. Now we'll see what happens. And the club down in Florida is doing the right thing that they're not letting anyone in the clubhouse, but they are delivering food. Good. And they just started a pantry service. Oh, good. So that they're bringing them essentials. So like dad got some Sprite delivered and he got, he was so excited. Five rolls of toilet paper. Very exciting. He should, um, they should really stay there. It sounds like heaven. <laughs> he said that their plan is to subsist on pizza and Chinese food delivery. While they're back in, when they're back in Philly? Yeah, when they're back in Philly. Is that because they don't cook? Um, They cook, but they don't know if they can get the groceries. I don't know. It's, it's six of one. I get why they want to be home because it's home. Isn't, isn't Florida their home too? Florida, I mean, they're there five months a year. In my mind, you're right. I thought they had two homes and it didn't matter if they were in Florida. It didn't matter if they're in Pennsylvania. In their mind, Pennsylvania is home, home, home. If the planes are flying next Monday, they're going to go. We have to realize that all of us have a certain degree 
degree of privilege in all this because oh you can yeah. order a hundred dollar, two hundred dollar. Like I had a two hundred dollar peapod delivery. Not everyone can freaking do that. No, let's just touch on this briefly. But the homeless situation is horrific. I mean, because they're closing down public restrooms, public spaces and facilities. All the programs have been gutted. Um, volunteers can't volunteer. The 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 level of desperation. I don't know know even what the right word is. Is it close off the charts? I think anyone who's listening, if you can, if there are things you can do, please do them to support homeless shelters, food pantries, any sort of charitable organizations are on the front lines. It's just so important that we all think about that and not just think about ourselves. I think that's 100% true. I also think as a generation, we are people who do that in general. And so things are getting very specific these days. Think about what's happening in your city. Give it to your... I I see the food banks are struggling. I see the, the blood banks are struggling. Animal shelters. Foster a pet. If you can, foster a pet. Foster foster a pet. It's so rewarding. And if you're lonely, there's nothing better than having a little kitten jumping all over you. At least around here, there's a lot of people fostering. Good. So that's going okay. Um, I think that the challenge right now is people coming into the shelters and interacting with staff. And, you know, there's lots of different challenges with that. You know, same with going to the vet, for example. I mean, we, we had to go pick up some medication and the people at the vet run it out to your car so you don't go in, you know. So but that's that puts a lot of strain on these businesses. Well, and I saw a friend in another state who actually had to take her pet, I think dog, to the vet. And kudos on their staff because they came out fully masked. They came out with a gown. They came out with gloves. They take your pet. They give yeah. you take your phone number. They go take care of the pet. And then they call you and bring it back out to you, which is amazing for the per, the parent, the pet parent, because they stay safe. But that's a lot of extra work that's happening on the people who are taking care of our, our loved ones. It is, exactly. Yeah, and the firefighters and the paramedics. I mean, okay, the list goes on. So I guess there are a couple of really, I've gotten some letters from CEOs of different, like the Lyft CEO sent out a fantastic letter. Must have been over, well over a week ago. What'd they say? Just about, you know, how they're protecting their drivers, but also the things that they're doing to support and help the community, like, you know, transporting uh, medical supplies and things like that. Good. And and just having a more community engagement, whereas I haven't seen a single email communication from Uber. I did. You did? I did get one from Uber. It wasn't it wasn't quite as, I mean, it, it talked about taking care of their people and that if their people can't drive, they'll cover their, I mean, they'll have some sick days or something for that. And that, you know, they're asking people to clean down their cars, but nothing community-based. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the difference in the brands, unfortunately. Right. And it'll be really interesting to see which brands, you know. Survive. Uh, yeah. The brands that are stepping up and the brands that are just making matters worse for themselves by just either trying to take advantage of the situation or yes. being toned out in their messaging or not messaging at all or, you know, there's multiple aspects to this. And there's different ways to go about doing it, whether you're messaging it or not, like the Urban Butcher in my neighborhood. Yeah. They shut down, but they're now a community kitchen and they are delivering food to people at the patient first and to the hospitals and to all those. Right. And then they have an evening you can now order online and come pick it up at their window, which is what a lot of people are doing. But I was really proud of them for for the giving back piece of it and to keep people fed. Yeah, that's, that's so 
important. Yeah, there are a number of restaurants around doing really, really good things. And then there are other restaurants that are just being selfish, selfish and not selfish. I mean, it's a tough, tough time. And I, I don't selfish. Wanna... I agree. I think it's selfish. I do. I don't know. This is definitely something for another time but, that we can talk about. But. Yeah. No, but I think, I think that's, that's very true. I think when we come out of this, there'll be different brands for us than there were before because you see their true colors. Not to belabor the point, but take care of the people who are taking care of us. Yep. Yep. And stay the fuck inside. I think that's good. All right. Well, we are going to go into some clips from our happy hour. It was a really good discussion. We're probably going to have a couple longer clips with folks so that you can hear. So I, um, there's a, a, a group called Seed, and it's it's for yeah, for equity and diversity, and it started in like K-12 programs, and we, it's been expanded to college. So I got training in it last year, and I'm a facilitator this year. What they do is a one-word check-in. So like you can just go around in a circle if you're together and say, how do you feel right now? Usually after like a really challenging discussion or that you've heard something. So I've been doing it every day on Facebook. And for me, it's good because I can be check-in with myself, but also I see how people are doing and then offline I can connect with somebody let's say who's having a problem and just write, you know write to them and say okay tell me what's going on and how can I help and I'm going to keep it going as long as I can maybe even long after this although this seems like it's going to take a hell of a lot longer than I expected when I when I started it but like I have one friend who is depressed and sure she has a history of depression and I didn't know and she said to me that without this she'd be walking off a ledge and I had no idea and, and she said just that she could be connected and she knew that I actually followed up with her or that I care and it's like how, how do you not do that for for people I feel so suspended even though right now I feel connected that's really great but otherwise I feel suspended I'm grateful I'm feeling this isn't one word but I'm feeling out of control because like my technology's not working and like things aren't going my way and today's been one of those days where it's like I want to be more in control so agitated and out of control that's several words but I'm gonna go with connected because I mean I I've actually done a bunch of these things today for work and now to connect to other people like it's actually pretty good I am feeling impatient today. I um, This is actually my third week of being self-quarantined. And I am like Eve at the moment that I my immune system is compromised. So we're having to be extra, extra careful. So like I can't even go to the grocery store and stuff. So at this point, I'm an extrovert and I'm kind of having a hard time being, being cooped up and not knowing, you know, there's no end, right? And so my office has just extended our work from home. We're now working from home until April 24th. Yeah. And my my kids' school has been canceled for the rest of the year. So I'm like, oh boy, this is, this is going to be months. So I'm, I don't know. Yeah, just like kind of impatient. Like, oh. My hashtag word makes it overwhelm. My mom had a stroke. It's caring for her. And then we all, my dad had issues. So I got two at-risk seniors in. We were just starting to like catch our breath when this came so it's like it's uh but yeah overwhelmed because the information is just barreling in at an astronomical rate science and then the lies of course my name is spam nothing matters anymore there's no truth there are no facts anymore how am i feeling today let's see i just got over a cold that has kept me in the house for two days whether or not we had a virus so recovered hydrating on the mend i feel all those things that everyone's already said and of course, it's the end of the day. So I felt all of those different things at various points throughout the day. But one thing that I've been feeling that I haven't heard people say is kind of liberated. Part of it is the news is oppressive. All this information is oppressive. So I've had to make a decision to just be like, I'm not going to pay attention to that crap because there's nothing I can do about it. And it's really ruining my life and stressing me out. So I kind of don't feel any need to like keep up with it at this point. In fact, I kind of feel like pretty strongly about 
affirmatively avoiding it. So I think my, I, I think the introvert gene is strong in my husband. And so the boys are like, they're fine being inside. But I think like Norm, we're, we're trying to like put a little bit of structure around it, but not too much because, you know, there's, there's some kids who are trying, you know, they're like stuck in front of their computer from like eight to four or something like that in class, which is just, you know, that's too much to expect of them. So, you know, we're kind of, yeah, so we're trying to put, you know, some structure around things like you've got to do your schoolwork, you got to go outside, you got to read, you know, we're kind of joking about how are we going to, you know, if we're going to have to do some homeschooling to make sure the kids are learning, like, what are we going to, what are we going to teach? My husband and I are going to split up things, you know, he's going to be the soccer coach. I'm going to teach dance history and ballet lessons and, you know, working out in the yard is now going to be called botany lessons and, um, you know, taking care of the cats is going to be animal husbandry. So one of the things we find ourselves having, or I've had to find myself explaining to millennials is a concept of the boy in the bubble. See, we all remember that movie and we're going to need a little bit of that. And if people don't start taking care of themselves appropriately, we might need to enforce that. I've got a lot of tape and plastic sheeting, and I can bubble somebody if we need to <laughs> in terms of if people will just not stay at home the way they're supposed to and relax. I went out for a walk today. It's really frustrating because the people are really not respecting the distancing. You know, I'm seeing a lot of groups of four to five people together. People are not like moving out of your way. I'm trying to sort of cross the street. People, you know, it's sort of like, it just doesn't seem, I feel like, am I the only person in this neighborhood that actually knows what's going on? I just felt like, you know, if you weren't for the mask, it just felt like a normal New York Saturday afternoon. No, I mean, I, I have it a little different than other people because I'm in an essential business as part of the media. So I am still, except for these two two days I've been sick, going I'm going to work every day. I'm generally an optimist, but I the way I see this whole thing going is that no one's really going to get it until it gets either really bad or they're forced. Those were a few outtakes from our recent virtual Gen X Stories Happy Hour. As you heard, everyone is taking this day by day and doing the best they can under these tremendously difficult and downright frightening circumstances. If you would like to share your experiences as a Gen Xer during this particular crisis, please don't hesitate and drop us a note at hello at genxstories.com. You can also join our new Facebook group and subscribe to the podcast in your favorite app. Links are in the show notes. Everyone has a Gen X story. What's yours? 